0: Hi, I'm Heather, and you're listening to Simply Healed with Heather Leonard. Today's episode is called Perspective, How to Get Everything You Want. So I'm sure a lot of you are wondering, do I really believe that just your perspective could change your whole entire life? I actually do. So stay tuned today, guys. I think it's going to be a fun one. Thanks for joining. So this isn't the first time that I've spoken on perspective. Uh, There's a reason. I think it's so big and so overlooked. I mean, it's more than just rose-colored glasses or, you know, that type of idea. But it's part of it. I mean, it is. So (laughs) perspective kind of blows my mind when you really, really pull it apart. Let's just go with an example because you guys know I'm in the grief world. so um, for those of you that don't know, I'm a grief coach and I have a Facebook group that works with um, over a couple of thousand people who have soul-crushing grief of loss of a spouse mostly. And <laughs> so this is this is where my point of view is coming from on this. I've watched people with differing circumstances, standing at the exact same, you know, place in time and their outlook so different. And why is that, right? That's really the bottom of it all is why. Well, for first, let me give a good example because I feel like real life examples help to paint the picture here. Person number one, their spouse just passed away. They had a life insurance policy and received $100,000. They believe themselves to not be in a good financial position, to be making any big decisions. They're nervous about money. They're basically coming from a place of lack and truly in their own experience, believe themselves to be in a dire money situation, Um, you know, whatever they're the, how they got there. It's so different and because I have different people that have that same circumstance and have that same amount of money and feel that same way. And yet it came from a differing set of circumstances that led them there. But I mean, it could have been something as simple as like, maybe they're a big future planner and maybe they know, you know, they've got a long life ahead and they know what their bills cost and they're concerned about whether that'll cover it. And what if I can't get work? You know, you don't know. But now let's look at person number two, standing at the same moment in time And this is what really blows the mind. Let's say they have $1,200 in their bank account. They could be out, like, offering to, hey, I'll cover your dinner, no big deal. No, like, times are good right now. I've got, like, things are good. Please, let me do this for you. And that blows my mind a bit. Why? Because, obviously, they have a lot less money in the bank than the person that just received a $100,000 check. Yet they find themselves and believe themselves to be very wealthy in a very good financial situation at the current moment. Maybe they don't even believe themselves to be wealthy, but like currently things are great, you know? It's that, that's the perspective I'm talking about. They're looking at their situation and what are they comparing it to? Well, maybe, usually they don't even have enough to cover the bills every month. So maybe this month having that surplus, it feels like a lot. So now do you get where I'm going with perspective and how it can change everything? Well, it can change everything, but it can also help you get everything you want. So stick around because I'm going to get into that. But so two people, one of them has very little but believes themselves to be very rich. (laughs) The other person actually has quite a bit of financial means and believes themselves to be in a position where they are in like, a, a complete mindset of lack and worry and fear around money. So <laughs> it if you think about it in those terms, what you believe in your heart can actually change how things are to your true belief system. You could actually turn it around to going, oh, wow. Yeah. So let's say you have $30,000 in your bank account right now. You have $30,000 in your bank account and, you know, every month you don't owe, you know, anywhere near that. You could look at it as a surplus. You know, you could see it as way more than what you need. You could, now here's where people act differently based on that. Some people, because of that fear, even with that $100,000, are so nervous, they're very tight clenched fists about every bit of spending. Where someone else just offered to pay for basically the whole room's lunch because they feel like things are so easy right now and light. So if if allowing yourself to look at it from a different, like a bird's eye view of like, you know what, every day the circumstances change. You know, I mean, I mean, I imagine my husband just thinking about that blows my mind. If he had saved his entire life, well, he did save his entire life. But if he had really been like, no, I don't want to take a a single vacation. I don't want to do a single splurge because I want to save for that day when whatever, when, you know, I can retire early and go do X, Y and Z and have to not worry about money. But you're planning for a future that you don't know will come to pass he's not here. <laughs> you know, he didn't even hit his 50s. So he barely even made it into his 40s. So truthfully, I'm not saying don't be saving your money. And that, none of this episode is actually about financial wealth, but it can apply to every bit of your life, your health, your whatever. You know, I mean, health, Here's let's go down that route for a second. I mean, one person could be in a wheelchair and, you know, let's say they had to go, uh, Let's, oh, this is a bad example. Let's go with a cane for a minute. Yeah, a cane is a much better, clearer picture of this because let's say you have somebody using a cane and they have to go a mile. And it's like, that's a long way with a cane. I don't know how many of you have ever like used a cane. Uh, When I was in college, they actually made us have like I want to remember if it was a whole week or a few days, but where we had to use an assistive device. I remember I had loft strand crutches. Those are like those forearm crutches. And I had to use those to get around campus for quite a while and couldn't use my legs. I had to basically act out as if I didn't have them, right? And by the end, my, the blisters on my hands, the excruciating, but go with me with this. So one person is having to go a whole mile with a cane. Now, the other person is an avid runner who, you know, does marathons all the time. And they turned their ankle recently and it's feeling a bit sore and they're having to back off on how fast they can run. Point of view there is that this experience for them, like, this is going to be the hardest run ever. I have to go a whole mile on a sore ankle and whatever. But now let's imagine that person with the cane for a second had just been previously in a wheelchair. This is why I wanted to kind of <laughs> change it up from the wheelchair to the cane. Because you can see, like, if they had just been in the wheelchair, but now are using a cane, the freedom and the feeling of, like, yeah, like, I could, you know what I mean? Like, so this is where I'm going with it. It's from where we've come from that we are developing this idea around what it's going to look like. And it's also whatever we're projecting into the future that might be creating fears or worries and things like that. I mean, even in this situation, you have an avid runner who runs marathons and Now they've turned their ankle and they're being told they have to go a mile on it. And they might already be future thinking like, I don't want to mess up my ankle when normally I'm, you know, I'm like an athletic, you know, or a competitive athlete, let's say, and somebody who has to do this for a living or, you know, I don't want to jeopardize my future by having to, you know, run on a foot that's not ready yet someone else could feel like total freedom, like they just unlocked their world and they want to see it, you know? So it just is, there's so much, this dance of our past, present, and future that plays into how we're looking at things. The power in that means that you could at any time focus on a different reality and create an entirely different day for yourself, you know? So, there let's go back to the person with the thirty thousand dollars in the bank. I'm gonna wake up this morning and what? Have fear over the fact that, you know, that's never that thirty thousand won't be enough to pay off my credit cards and pay down my mortgage and my student loans or whatever, right? I go in that realm of like, oh no, that's not gonna cover everything that I'm gonna have in the future. Or go, oh my gosh, I only owe, you know. Less than a thousand dollars this week with the bills that I owe, and look at all the surplus I have there, and look at all the time that I have from this point in time right now until when that thirty thousand will run out to be able to make more money. <laughs> and so, what's cool about finances, well, what's cool about life in general is everything's reciprocal. So, when you start to pay out, it comes back in. So, when you get that money moving again, you know, it's like putting life back into it, right? So, um yeah, I think it can change everything for you if you're really willing to just see it as um, a different point of view. Like you have to sometimes step out of it and go, well, how would someone else look at this? You know, I mean, my life experiences had me looking at this stressful thing that I'm so afraid of in this way. But Let me just come at it for a second. Let me just imagine I'm from a third world country and I have, you know, this, you know, broken water heater or whatever. i just be grateful that I even have water. <laughs> like, so you know what I mean? Like maybe you could just even like something terrible that just happened in your day, pivot your perspective a little and be like, but you know what? The fact that I even have it, have the potential, I have the money in the bank and the time to get it fixed and whatever on my hands. Um, you know, I'm not going to get some major disease, even if I, uh, you know, drink water, I could drink water out of my backyard right now and probably not even get any major illness from it. And not everybody has that, you know? So even things like that, if you can just find the gratitude, now, so gratitude's a funny thing because it comes into perspective in a big way. I've been talking about gratitude a lot, actually, just in my my free Facebook group and my um, with my clients, actually. It's just a topic that keeps coming up. So let me start with procrastination. <laughs> procrastination is one of those things that loves to seep into my world and I no longer allow it. I'm not even going to say that I am somebody who procrastinates because I don't want to put that out there. I am now in control of it, but only because I came to terms with what I've been doing as a pattern and a bad habit. So what I've been in the habit of doing is, okay, I've got a a stack of things to attack, like my to-do pile, right? And I start digging through it. And, you know, as we all do, We start with the things that are a little easier, you know, like let's just go go through a stack of mail that just came in. And the first thing most of us do, throw away the garbage, right? You take out, you kind of weed through, and this is just junk mail. It goes in the trash because it's easy. And then what's left? Then you go to the next thing that can be tackled rather quickly. The problem with that strategy, and that's how a lot of us function, is if you keep knocking off the things that are a little more done with ease and a little less effort, what you're left with at the end. So now I've got only like a half hour left and I'm looking at my pile, I've been working on it for hours and now the last thing, I only have one thing left. So like in your mind, you're already justifying, no, I worked on it for hours. I got everything but this one thing. Well, that one thing is just sitting there and it's still sitting there a week later. It's still sitting there a month later because it's always the thing that you put off until the end of that pile. So the problem with that is In our lives, if we're doing this, if we're not actually tackling the tough stuff first and the things that we don't, like anything that kind of gives you that little feeling of resistance, like, oh, I really don't want to have to do that. Try this week. This is your homework. I haven't given homework in a long time. (laughs) But try the homework assignment for yourself to tackle that thing first Oh my gosh, even if there's a huge pile and 90% of it never got touched, I feel so much better, so much freer when I don't have that one last, you know, the 5%, the 10%, whatever it is that I kept ignoring and putting off. If that thing is done, that big old pile doesn't even bother me anymore because those are things I could do in my sleep. Does that make sense? Like, don't put that stuff off. And in the grief world, we do this. We definitely put things off. And it's not the things you might think. It's it's like our own healing and our own inner work and stuff. It's the tough stuff. It's the, you know, the activities that we need to get back to doing in life that we've been avoiding and all those things. We're going to keep putting them on the back burner and, oh yeah, I'll get I'll get back out with some other couples next week. This week doesn't feel good. Well, it's easy to say that. When is it going to feel good? It's not going to feel good when you're kicking and screaming and fighting the darkness. So I've been talking about this a lot lately, but you can't fight the dark. It just keeps coming Uh, Bad times are there. You can't erase them. You can't make them not have happened. They've already been part of your experience. So instead of battling the darkness, just let in the light. You know, that's an easy step you can make. Uh, I was talking in the Facebook group just yesterday about this, about how most people, it's like, it's because I can't find the light switch. Like, you don't know my pain. You don't know how dark my times have been. You have no idea. I can't pay my bills. I have nowhere to live. I'm sleeping in a shed. I hear it all. And I hear you. But what I'm trying to say is is that you don't have to find the light switch. Stop looking for the whole room to be illuminated and just start with a spark. You know what I mean? You need to light that match because you're never going to get it to grow or build You know, if you can't start somewhere to just rule it out and be like, no, the job's too big. I can't emotionally tackle this. It's way too much. You're not wrong. It probably is way too much. So don't do it all in a day just take that first little baby step, you know, strike the match, get that spark, and then see, because we've all been in that dark room when it is pitch black and you can't even see your own hand in front of you. But then sometimes all it takes is a little flashlight, a little match, a little whatever, and that little bit of illumination, all of a sudden your eyes start to adjust and things start to come into focus, you know what I mean? And it's like, Then, only then can you see that there even is a possibility or a hope for you. I'm telling you because a lot of people are coming from the mindset of my situation is just so bad that you can tell me all this stuff and that doesn't apply to me because you don't know what I've been through. You don't know that I had this, 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 and this and I had all of this other stuff, and I didn't have a good upbringing that helped me, and I don't have a relationship with God, and this, and that. It's like, nope, I do hear you. (laughs) But even from the darkest of caves, like if you put on a little teeny tiny, like give it the opportunity, and the opportunity is the light. It's finding the smidge of gratitude when you fully believe there's nothing to be grateful for. Like you don't understand. I don't have one nugget of anything to be thankful for. And I don't think that that's true. I mean, even if you're breathing, guess who's not right now? My husband's not. (laughs) You know what I mean? Like, I I can twist this around any which way. Yes, maybe I do skip around with rose-colored glasses on, but I'm telling you, I've heard the worst of the worst stories. What You know, people's kids committing suicide and people being tortured and people, like the stuff that people in my group tell me breaks my heart. And I know that some people have it so hard. But what I also know is that Nobody ever found the light again by focusing on the dark. Like when you focus on the dark, it grows, it gets bigger. And that's all your existence becomes. And until you can find your way to turn towards any little nugget of goodness. Like even I said to like somebody just recently who's they had a child who committed suicide. They lost two spouses, both parents and I think two friends all in like a year span I mean, it doesn't get much more dark than that, right? And even then, if there's not one thing you can still hang your hat on, like, find the thing. Even for me, like, even let's say that was my circumstance. The mere fact that even with suicide of a child, which to me is like something you just can't even, like, my heart, even just to talk about, it almost makes me tear up. I can't imagine that experience. But I can imagine, because our imaginations can be wild. (laughs) I can imagine a circumstance that's even worse than that. I can. I could imagine my child being kidnapped and tortured for years before that came to pass, because some people have kids that have been kidnapped and tortured, right? I'm not telling you to have to look at darker things to see that you actually have something better than someone else. That's not it. But it's just a matter of, shifting your perspective enough to realize that even when it feels like this couldn't have been any worse, you don't get it, there's nothing to have gratitude for, I still say thank you for those little nuggets of like, so my husband passed away, you know, barely in his 40s, and I could really easily have all my focus on that and how wronged I've been and how awful my circumstances. It's not going to get me anywhere except more dark times and, you know, garbage coming my way because it's like a magnet. You know, you start focusing on that dark stuff and it's more of it just sucks to you. I call it the crap magnet. That's kind of my term for it. But if in that experience I can look at it and say, but man, did my kids get blessed with the most amazing man for a good chunk of their young lives when they were so impressionable. You know, like that's the blessing that I stay focused on. I have to, I have to hold my light right there, put that candle right on that experience and stay focused on that. And then when I do the coolest part, like a moth to a flame, All of these new good little experiences are drawn to me. And I suddenly find myself having more real stuff to be grateful for, like bigger things. You know what I'm saying? Like, because all of a sudden, my focus and attention is not on the bad and the lack and the the things that I haven't had. And, you know, I don't put myself into that, that role of victim. I instead am like, I am like nobody can deny that. Yep, you still are a victim in the sense that these things happen to you. But if I don't want to stay there, I stay focused on that. If I want to move into a place where suddenly I can actually put one foot in front of the other. And sometimes it's just that it's just a moment. It's just one little step. But if I want that, I have to stay looking at the light. Otherwise, I can't get out of that cave in the pitch black. I'm not going anywhere. I'm going to bump into wall after wall after wall. I'm going to be hitting my head and falling down. And no, I have to look at that one little light over there in the corner and aim for something that I know there's no barrier between me and it. There's nothing in the way of that path. I can stay focused on that and know that I'm safe. Do you know what I mean? (laughs) <laughs> I, that's just the way I, I visualize it. It's like I am headed towards something really bright and bold and safe and I'm just going to stay focused on that path because that darkness, that path, it's like undefined. It's terrifying. Of course fear is going to rule your world when you're stuck in that dark place because there's no way out. It feels like It feels like fear itself. It feels like you know, you have no idea. What am I grasping at? I can't even see anything. I don't I don't think there's anything in here with me. I'm alone, right? That's what it feels like in a completely dark space. So just crack the window. Just flip the match, you know, the match, flip, you know, whatever it is. Get a little spark. It's sometimes just the smallest spark that can start bringing in a little bit more light to make it a little easier. So guys, I'm going to take a quick break, uh, kind of on a roll here. So I don't want to go anywhere. So I hope you don't. So I'm reaching a point now where I have so many amazing listeners who keep coming back. Guys, if you don't want to miss any future episodes, I encourage you to subscribe so you never miss one going forward. No cost to do so. Um, And that way you'll never miss one coming up. Another thing, if any of you are interested in that Connection Beyond Struggle Facebook group that I was just talking about, uh, h-t-t-p-s colon slash slash connectionbeyondstruggle.com is where you can grab your invitation to join because it is a private group, but I would love to have anybody who's experiencing soul-crushing loss. So if that's you or someone you know, send them my way and I'll see you on the inside of the group. Now back to the show. So you know I couldn't get through this episode without getting to how you can have everything you want. That's a big promise. So how on earth is perspective going to get you there? Well, this is what I believe, is that every single day, I've been talking about intentional action lately, and it's kind of a buzzword, so I want to really get into what that means. And really, if every second of your day, things are happening, right? You're doing things what are you doing and when people say have intentional action what it means is you have to be real clear and defined about what your end goal is so i think a lot of us don't get the life we desire because we don't even really know what that is like do we paint the picture are we like you know i'm not just saying like oh yeah i mean the perfect life i'd have millions in the bank and all kinds of fancy cars and nice houses and you know whatever no what does it really look like? You know what I mean? Like really know that end goal inside and out. Who's coming with you on this journey? You know what I mean? What does it look like to have a million dollars in the bank for you? Because trust me, not everybody's going to do the same thing with a million dollars in the bank. Some people are just going to sit there with it and feel safe. Other people are going to probably blow it all, taking trips. Other people are going to like, you know, give back and share. Other people are going to start a company. Like what does it look like for you? What does that end end goal of your life look like? And I just threw out millions of dollars for fun, but I mean, anything. Let's just say you've always wanted to start a company of your own or something. What would that company look like? How many employees are you going to have? Like really be super clear on what it looks like. And then every day you have to like, not, not just like work away at it, because I don't believe you have to work all that hard in life to actually get the things of your dreams. I think you just have to be intentional with what you're doing. So one, you know, you can't just, I have five minutes before I go do whatever and I'm going to put some garbage TV on or I'm going to, you know, stuff my face full of food I really shouldn't be eating or whatever. If you have those five minutes, oh, I can quick research what it takes to, you know, get my paperwork all turned in. Um, and then if every time you have time to do that, you keep filling those moments with actions that help you towards that goal and sometimes it's just actually picturing that end goal that actually allows that to happen because your mind is looking for ways to help you get there once you're clear about where you want to go then you start looking for the stuff to make it happen naturally like you don't even have to work so hard at it it's like as long as you are trying to take steps they will fall into place for you but when you're not moving and you're not trying and you're not actually putting in effort it's an, it's an impossible thing. You know what I mean? I just used this example with someone yesterday that it's, it's comparable to trying to paint the most beautiful, magnificent masterpiece that's ever been created and not having paint. <laughs> right? You got to give yourself the tools to work with. You got to give yourself the ability to accomplish what you want to accomplish. And when... Like somebody who wants a million dollars, how are you going to do that? I mean, I jokingly always say, what do you like? You at least have to buy the lottery ticket to give God the opportunity to grant you that much money. But I really don't want you all going out and playing lottery. That's not really. I I am not telling you to go out and do that. But my point is just this, that whatever it is, even if it is to have a million dollars in the bank, well, then you got to go start a business or you got to go try to do something that would accomplish the goal Right, and you you got to give God the opportunities to then reward you for what you're doing. Uh, and I always say too that like if you're if you're somebody who's wearing the tool belt and has all the tools to accomplish it, because we all have gifts. I do believe we all have God given gifts that could help us have the life we want. But if they are staying in the tool belt, <laughs> if you're not taking them out and using them. What do you think is happening? Like, it's not going to happen like magic. And I even used the example yesterday of like, it's even Jesus himself, (laughs) you know, if he kept it all to himself, he didn't speak a word of what he knew and what he, you know what I'm saying? Like, no, we have to share our gifts. It's important. And we're all part of this same, like, you know, crazy world in life. And all of our stories are dependent on probably other people's stories, coming into play, right? Nobody ever really gets to the top of the mountain without somebody at some point, you know, being a part of that story. So it's really essential that we all play our role in this. Look at what your gifts are. What do you have that other people don't? And are you using them? Are you helping? Are you making the world a better place? Um, you know, that whole rat race of just life can get that robotic phase of doing, getting up and doing, getting up and doing every day can really deter you from what you were put here for. You know, we get so focused on a paycheck or, you know, whatever it is, and real easy to forget why we're doing what we're doing. And I'll tell you, there's nothing like losing a loved one. To have you really look at all that different because i don't care about all that stuff anymore i don't care about stuff period even experiences are kind of like womp, womp, womp. <laughs> i care more about like the larger good and trying to leave a, an imprint on this this life and that might sound silly or made up to some because i know before i was in this role i heard people talk about that and it all sounded kind of like fluff but It's true. (laughs) It's true fluff. Um, I don't know that I care about too, too much other than, you know, protecting my family and, and then just giving them the best life. Um, but truly like having things for myself is not really like top of mind. It's more like, you know, how can I contribute back? What else can I like, have I done enough? That's kind of how I feel often is like, I know I'm working really hard at trying to help people every day, but still, like, is there more I could be doing? <laughs> you know, it sounds kind of crazy, but um, what I'm getting at with it is just to, like, really look at your own contributions. If you had to make a list of, like, what have you even done to, to make things better? And if you feel like, you know what, I don't know, I mean... I, I work a job where that helps people, I guess, or, you know, I mean, a lot of you do, I know that, um, but then you're thinking, but, you know, I really, like, if I really think about it, I would have loved to have been, you know, a veterinarian or whatever. Well, you know what? You don't have to change your career path to be fulfilling your passion. Volunteer at the, you know, Humane Society or the um, the local shelter for animals and help. (laughs) You know, if only we could all just sort of find that. Because if you're passionate about it, I feel like passion comes from something. It comes from God-given talent. It comes from, like, something that was put inside you. And ignoring that, it's almost like snuffing out that light I was talking about. You're in the dark cave and you literally just, you had a candle in your hands and you snuffed it out. Like, why? Why did you do that? You were given that light to just see your way out. And so many of us just, we turn our backs on it. And, you know, if you don't tend to fire, what happens eventually? You know, it turns into a tiny little... Flame and then eventually it does. It turns into just smoke. And that's sad to see. I hate seeing people, you know, looking back on their life with regret and saying, I should have done more. I should have risked more. I mean, yeah, it was a great life, but man, if I could do it again, what what do I have to lose? I would have tried, you know, becoming that famous actress or something. Like, you know, I just I want people to be able to dream big, I guess, and know that those dreams were put in you for a reason. You know, and maybe, maybe like working towards trying to become that famous actress won't lead you to a career as a major movie star, but it it's where where it will lead you on your path to get there. You never know. Maybe you could end up um, teaching acting classes to young children, and maybe the next big actress could be in one of your classes. So there is something that I think there's a reason why each of us gets that little spark of inspiration put into us. And I think a lot of us let our lights dim out And I don't know. I'm not letting anything get dimmed anymore. I mean, I'm I'm kind of bucket list working my way through things. My podcast, my blog, my you know, I I, those are the gifts I loved about myself. Like, it's hard to like look at yourself and go, "Yeah, I'm good at this." But one of the few things I always knew I was good at was writing. And so now I'm finding ways to let my written word help people. No, inside my Facebook group, I write a post every week that's meant to inspire and help people through their grief. So. No, I didn't become a novelist, you know, and maybe someday I will write a novel. Who knows? But writing was meant to be in my future. I couldn't see clearly from then what it was going to look like, but I found my way back to it because I wanted to use what I knew I was good at to help people. And that's kind of what it's all about. I'm hoping that when my kids are trying to make future decisions that I can inspire in them that it's okay to have dreams that most people are telling you are unrealistic. And you can still find a way to be successful doing those things. And it's how you, your, it's your perspective on how you view success that really determines whether you've achieved it or not, right? Because if you view success The way I view success, which is a loving family, you know, a a marriage that's had big success, tons of love, you know, we care for each other, we look out for each other, like, to me, those are elements of success. You know, yeah, of course you can be like, oh, but I always wanted to have this huge, you know, mansion and live on the ocean or whatever. Yeah, okay. But is that the definition? Is that the only way in which you're going to look at your life and go, oh, yeah, I had a successful life is if you have that because I know a lot of people that have that and they don't feel success. (laughs) They don't feel good. They haven't checked the important boxes, the things that they actually had at the top of their list. You know, so you got to be careful with creating the list for your life in the right order. Um, you know, there is a hierarchy to the importance of things. Of course, yeah, a beautiful place to live could be on your list. But if, you know, love and family is at the top, then don't put all your energy into working 24-7 so hard to get this home and neglect your family. That make sense? So That's kind of how I look at it. And so how do you get everything you want? Well, you make sure that you're intentional with every second of your day, aiming towards an end goal that is clear and defined and clean, you know, (laughs) like, you know what it looks like. It's not a wishy-washy answer. Uh, I know people that do manifestation and visualization and, and they're just not clear with what they want. So it's not that their manifestation or their visualization tools are lacking. It's that the end vision isn't clear and defined. Uh, even people that do vision boards, you know, if, if you're just ripping out a picture of a fancy car in a magazine and slapping it up on a vision board, that doesn't, you know, is that really your dream car? And where are you going to drive it? And what is it going to smell like and look like and feel like? And like, there's more to it than just slapping a a magazine, you know, car photo up and putting it on your wall to see every day. The whole point of a vision board, at least in my, this is how I use a vision board. Well, I don't use a vision board because they're not my favorite thing because they deter people from the real idea of what you're doing. But even like, even still, what I believe them to be is a reminder It's like an inspiration. It's sitting there to remind you that when you're just about to pick up that remote control to watch some mind-numbing television show or just about to sit down with that food that really isn't going to make you feel good inside, but you just have time on your hands and you're bored, whatever it is for you to be able to look and go, oh, wait, this doesn't align with that. You know what I'm saying? Like, you don't even have to be necessarily all day long on the phone, you know, typing up things and, you know, work, 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 work. It's like, no, you just have to have every second of the day with the end goal in mind. Like, and then if you see something that feels like, uh, this doesn't exactly connect, then don't do that thing. Because life is like a magnet. And as soon as you're doing something, you're drawing something towards you. Always. That's like not just me saying this, this is actual physical science. So whatever you're doing, you're attracting something towards you. So I always say, just be real careful, real careful with what magnet are you holding up? Because if you are in a state of like feeling stressed and fear and whatever, that's what's sucking towards you right now. You're allowing more of that to enter into your world. So that's why I say sit with the candle, sit with the flashlight, sit with the joy and the gratitude as your center focus, and that's going to attract that towards you. So that's why every single time I want to stray and do something that I know doesn't align with my end goal, I've working really hard this year to pivot and look back at the good stuff. Remember what my end goal is. And I told you I'm no longer a procrastinator. I look at my island now and that stack of to do things is getting smaller and smaller by the day. Why did I tackle it all in a day? No, but I tackled some of the pretty hard things first. And now every day when I have a few minutes, I keep working towards trying to knock off a few more things. And guess what? My end goal, guess what my, my New Year's resolution was this year? It wasn't what like a lot of people want to fit in a pair of jeans or whatever. No, I wanted to be somebody who didn't procrastinate the tough stuff. And I'm doing it. Like this is how you achieve goals. This is how you get everything you want. You have to be clear on what you want. And then every directed action, just keep reminding yourself what that end goal is keep checking back in. Is this like is eating this, you know, junky candy bar going to attract in, you know, me being more organized and feeling better about myself? And no, it's going to make me feel sluggish and have less energy to be able to tackle all those, you know, piles on the island. It's going to make me, you know, lose these 5 minutes of time. It's like n- nothing about that just serves what I want, so I can pass on it and feel pretty good about it. And I don't usually feel great about it until I've replaced that bad habit with something good, by the way. So as soon as like I, it's like my body's still looking for that fix that it was trying to get from that, that it's been used to like that reward system. So I need to replace it with something. So lately for me, instead of like, I'll take television as a great example. I'm kind of a TV addict for a few reasons, but mostly since losing my husband, I like the sound in the background. I don't like an empty like just quiet. It's so ridiculous. I don't like quiet. It feels like there's no life in a space, which, you know, is like a big giant reminder of who's not there. There's no life and activity in our home. So I put it on as background noise. Well, so the second that I go to do that now instead, I'm like, you know what? I can't just strip that from myself. It's something that I am using to help me emotionally. So what can I do instead? Well, I can replace it with a better habit. So what I do is I still put something on because I don't like that lack of sound. What do I put on though? I put on things like my podcast, (laughs) you know, other people's motivational podcasts, anything that like feels upbeat music that is like something that is, you know, brings me up and fills me up. Like that's the stuff that I have playing on the background now all the time. I mean, do you really want to have crime investigations and, you know, like some of the garbage that I would normally be drawn to putting on the TV is what you're hearing in the back of your mind all the time. Not me. (laughs) I'd rather have all these positive messages getting played. I'd rather have, you know, upbeat music that makes me feel good inside and gets me moving around. Like, that's the thing i mean i used to actually right after losing my husband i would put on sad songs often when i was doing dishes or tackling stuff to do Um, and that brought me down energetically so i've really learned what type of music brings me up and keeps me feeling good and and so that's what i do now so i've gotten rid of a bad habit and i've incorporated something good in its place so it's like a double whammy of just really heading towards what i want and it's your perspective, guys. It's how you look at it, you know, and you've got to stop seeing yourself as, you know, the victim or the the person who's stuck in the dark that has no potential for finding light. You're like, don't tell me there's no match in your cave because I know there is. You know, all of us have it. It's just sometimes it's so tiny. It's the spark that you have to look for. And we're all looking for some big lantern and it's not always that. Some days you won't be able to find it. You know, so you got to just keep searching. And I think if you keep searching, some days you'll find those little, little flecks and the little flecks can grow. But just the most important part, turning away from the dark, right? Just keep pivoting yourself to try to aim to the light. That's it. It's like, if you can just keep looking for any tiny element of the good, keep turning and pivoting, keep turning. It's like, uh, I would say I equate it to like the devil, right? I mean, he's constantly trying to put something in front of you and you just keep putting your back to him, keep putting him behind, you know, keep looking for the light and I'm going to tell you guys, I know that a lot of you are not like, don't get going religious on me here, but I'm telling you, if you can have God as your light, I keep looking like even in the darkest of caves, even when there's no element in your life, you couldn't compare. Let's say you really have a worse situation than absolutely every single person on this planet. You really are at the bottom, bottom, bottom. There is not one element of light. My argument to that is if you are from God. God is in you. You have light inside you. You know, you have the potential to be the actual spark. You know what I'm saying? Like, look to God, pray, do these things that can help. Just tell him, like, I need to see some light. Please give me something to look at that is just going to help me keep turning my back on the darkness i.e satan i.e., devil whatever you want to call it the bad that keeps wanting to chase me down the crap magnet what, you know whatever we all have our name for it just keep finding my way to put my back to that and see like keep looking and turning to god keep turning It's when we sit still and we let that darkness just envelop us and just that's when it gets, it feels too much because you keep getting buried and it keeps coming down on you, you know, and the the best way to combat that is to just keep moving and moving with direction and purpose and, you know, so yeah, i.e. moving with um intention (laughs) but towards a defined end goal of light, joy, God, Fill in the blank, but you know what I'm saying here. We gotta move towards the good stuff and put your put the back bad stuff behind you and, you know, in the dark corners where it belongs. But um, you know, there's come trying to fight and kick and scrape your way out of the darkness never works. You just have to find the light. You know, you have to keep trying to find light in the dark. Not an easy task, y'all, but if anybody is interested with working with me as far as being a grief coach, again, um, you know where to find me now and I would be happy to help you find the light. So anyway, guys, thanks for joining me today. Um, I love this episode. I don't know. I think perspective is everything and I think all of us have the potential to get everything we want. So I hope today you can find some light in your life. Thanks for joining, guys. Bye-bye.